Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we celebrate Christmas. Christmas naturally brings forth a wonderful vault of memories and visions of sugar plums and bright, shiny trees. But this is a paranormal travel podcast, and only one Christmas story comes to mind when we combine ghosts and Christmas. You guessed it. Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Published on December 19, 1843, it was an instant hit with the Londoners. Today, in COVID-2020, this story is just as vital and as important as it was back then. Now, in case you don't know the story of A Christmas Carol, it is about a greedy miser named Ebenezer Scrooge. And this guy, he hates Christmas. In fact, he refers to Christmas as a poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. On his way home from work on Christmas Eve, as he's opening his front door, he is greeted by the ghostly face of his deceased partner, Jacob Marley. Startled, Scrooge hurries inside and tries his best to forget about the freaky door incident. And that's when Jacob comes to him in full apparition and explains to him that he will be visited by three spirits of Christmas and that Scrooge needs to heed their warning. Well, Scrooge, being his cocky self, basically bah humbugs him and dismisses him. Well, as Jacob warned, Scrooge gets his very first visit from the spirit of Christmas past when the clock chimes one. This ghost takes into his past when he was younger and tending school when his sister comes to take him home to have Christmas with the family. This particular memory is actually a happy memory because he shares it with the one person he truly, truly loves, and that would be his sister Fanny. Sadly, Fanny would later die in childbirth, giving birth to Scrooge's only nephew, only family member, Fred. Now the second spirit of Christmas, the spirit of Christmas present, Arise next. This spirit takes Scrooge out and about to see how people aren't necessarily faring so well and how they could use some help. Scrooge snaps back and says, well, they can go work in the workhouses and be cared for there. Well, if you knew anything about the English workhouses, they were actually horrible, deplorable places. It basically broke people's minds and bodies. So with this in mind, of course, the spirit of Christmas present replies that the poor would rather die than go to one of those places. To which Scrooge infamously replies, Well, if they'd rather die, they better do it and decrease the surplus population. Obviously, 
that response did not sit well with the spirit of Christmas. From there, though, the spirit takes Scrooge to Bob Cratchit's house. Bob Cratchit being Scrooge's overworked and underpaid employee. And it is here that Scrooge sees the sickly but kind-hearted Tiny Tim. As for the fourth and final spirit, the spirit of Christmas yet to come, this spirit actually has nothing to say to Scrooge as he takes him to the cemetery for Scrooge to see Bob Cratchit crying over the tombstone of Tiny Tim. And he overhears a conversation between a few people who are taking the few possessions of a recently deceased person and how this recently deceased person clearly was not a good person. And if that isn't enough between the graveyard and hearing this unfortunate conversation going on, the spirit of Christmas yet to come shoves good old Scrooge into his own lonely grave. And with Scrooge falling into his own grave, realizes he needs to make better choices. And he wakes up in his own bedroom, realizing that he has been given a second chance. And he is so grateful at this second chance that he promises to keep the spirit of Christmas in his heart all year long. Now this story and the lessons of the story are just as popular as it was in 1843. Since the time of its initial release, A Christmas Carol has actually been in several reprints, has been reprinted in various languages, and over time has been made into several movies. My absolute favorite version of this, no judgment guys, is a Mickey's Christmas Carol with Ebenezer McDuck. My second favorite is A Muppet's Christmas Carol with Michael Caine. You know the Jim Henson production. However, when I was a kid, the well-known live-action version, you know, no cartoon or Muppets in the cast, was the 1984 version with George C. Scott. Believe it or not, this version was filmed in Shrewsbury, England. Shrewsbury, located about 140 miles northwest of London and 71 miles south of Liverpool, as ironies would have it, Charles Dickens himself actually visited this town three separate times, and for two of those times, he actually spends the night at the Lion's Head, which is a haunted hotel that we will touch on later. Side note, though, I think it's totally awesome that this man would unknowingly visit the very town where the magic of movies would bring his beloved characters alive and making it possible for future generations to enjoy his story as well. A little history on the town of Shrewsbury. Located in the county of Tropeshire, I probably mispronounced that, it was actually founded in the year 900. Today, with its cobblestone streets, Shrewsbury still maintains a strong medieval look and presence to it. This is probably why it was actually chosen for the movie. So, Using the path of the ghost, set for us in a Christmas carol, I would like to escort you through this charming, cobblestone, but very haunted town. Beginning with our first ghost, Jacob Marley, he comes to Scrooge at Scrooge's house. Now in the movie, they always like to make Scrooge's house this large, you know, grand place that's empty and cold and dark. 
Because, you know, darkness was cheap and Scrooge liked cheap. One said place that kind of meets this description is the Condover Hall. The Condover Hall was built in 1591. It is a grand three-story Elizabethan sandstone manor. Located about four miles south of Shrewsbury, it is actually considered the county's most haunted venue. And here's why. The hall was once owned by Lord Nevitt, who was murdered by his son. As he was stumbling away from his murderous son, the Lord reached out with his bloody hand and pressed it against the wall of the stairs leading to the basement. And in doing so, his bloody handprint gets imprinted into the wall. And this bloody imprint remains, despite attempts to get rid of it. It actually only is finally removed when they chip the plaster out of the wall. As for the evil son, this guy actually manages to shift blame onto an innocent butler who gets convicted of the Lord's murder. His punishment is to hang. And it is said that while at the gallows, the butler placed a curse on Condover Hall, vowing that the Nivet family descendants would never prosper whilst residing in the hall. Today, visitors of the hall have seen sightings of ghostly apparitions in Victoria-era clothing. Footsteps have also been heard at night when the property is empty and everyone is accounted for. And, on occasion, Lord Nevitt's bloody handprint will reappear exactly where he left it as he was dying. Today, the hall is an indoor-outdoor adventure facility, but they do offer ghost hunters an opportunity to go ghost hunting here. That is quite awesome. If you are interested and or intrigued, you can contact them directly. Moving on to our second ghost of a Christmas carol, the spirit of Christmas past. As I mentioned before, the spirit of Christmas past takes Scrooge to his boyhood school. Believe it or not, the current library is Shrewsbury was once a school. Opened in 1550, it operated as a school until 1882, when this building was given to the town of Shrewsbury. The cool thing about this place, when it operated as a school, a young Charles Darwin, the man who would later coin the term Darwinism, actually attended here. The second spirit of Christmas to visit Scrooge was the spirit of Christmas present. Now he takes Scrooge through the streets and Shrewsbury with its ancient cobblestone paths is certainly an excellent reminiscence of the Victorian era. While they visited a few places, the most important place they visit is the home of Bob Cratchit. Now keeping in essence with the book setting, one house sticks out in Shrewsbury, and I am referring to the Rowley House. The Rowley House was once an art gallery and museum. As a gallery and museum, the staff would often see two apparitions dressed in time period clothing. One was a lady who liked to rest on the bed on display upstairs, and she'd also be found at the bed's original location in the building. Perhaps 
it was the bed that she loved most in her life, and she's just revisiting that. <laughs> I don't know. The second is a male apparition dressed in the same time period as the lady, but it seems that he's a little oblivious to the lady, and it is suspected that they were involved in some afterlife, before death, maybe lover's kiss. Either way, the man had been haunting the place before the lady, and, you know, when they see her, she's mostly around the bed, and maybe she's, you know, trying to get her honey bunny back. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> today, this place is a lecture hall and a place of events hosted by the local university. So basically, unless you attend either a lecture or an event, you'll just have to peer through the window, just like the spirit of Christmas and Scrooge did. The final ghost of Christmas that visits Scrooge, the spirit of Christmas yet to come, takes old Scroogey-poo to the graveyard. Believe it or not, Shrewsbury has a few haunted graveyards. One of the most haunted graveyards in Shrewsbury is St. Alkmon's Church. This church is over a thousand years old, and the spire of this church is the highest point of the town. And it is said that the devil himself likes to claw his way to the top for a bit of a beautiful view, as it is reported that he has left his claw marks on the spire. In addition to the devil's visit, so too does the ghost of a craftsman. During the construction of the spire, a craftsman is said to have climbed to the top of the church tower in an attempt to win a bet. Sadly, he lost his footing and plunged to his death. Since then, people have claimed to see the ghostly figure of the craftsman climbing up the spire in the dark of night. So, if you see something climbing the spire, it could either be the dead craftsman or the devil. Good luck with either one. But this church and its graveyard is not the only haunted church or graveyard in Shrewsbury. Per a local legend, a slain soul is still bemoaning his murderous passing in the St. Julian Church's graveyard. Here's the story. An out-of-town stranger was residing at the Lion's Head when his dead, cold body was found in his bed by the maid in the morning. Many believed he was actually poisoned by the Lion Head's innkeeper for failing to pay his dues. Using the money found in his pockets, the locals were able to pay for his burial and were able to bury him the very next day. That night, a passerby heard the sounds of scraping near where the man had been buried. Hearing this and being a bit unnerved by the idea that they may have accidentally buried a man alive, the grave diggers exhumed his body. And when they did, they found scratching marks on the inside of his coffin. And it is said that on most silent nights, you can still hear the horrible groaning noises from the graveyard. Supposedly, this stranger is still trying to get out from being buried alive. But the graveyard I want to draw your most esteemed attention to is the graveyard at St. Chad's Church. It is here from the ominous scene of In a Christmas Carol was shot, and to this day, you can actually see Ebenezer Scrooge flat 
cold-hearted cement slab representing his grave. That's right. You can actually visit Ebenezer Scrooge's grave. Now, obviously, after a day or two of checking out these awesomely haunted places, you're going to need a bit to eat or a pint to quench your thirst. And I have a few ghostly recommendations for you. We'll start with the Dun Cow Pub. Known by locals as a legitimately haunted pub, one can expect knocking off glasses from the counters, light bulbs being blown out, and apparitions of military ghosts in a full uniform walking about. This apparition is believed to be a Dutch cavalier who stabbed an Englishman to death, and as punishment, this Dutch cavalier was hung in the stable outside the pub. Aside from the Dutchman's ghost is the spirit of a monk. Apparently, in 1980, when the pub still operated as an inn, the landlady, a Mrs. Hayes, woke up in the middle of the night and saw a hooded figure in her room. The monk, sporting his best monk habit, was reportedly decorated with patches of bright color. Then, the monk peered into the crib of Mrs. Hayes' baby and then disappeared. But she is not the only one to see him. Later, not only would Mr. Hayes see him, but the baby, a few years later, would also tell her mother about the strange man in her room. The monk's favorite trick, though, is walking through walls. Now, another pub in you can either eat or enjoy a pint or two at is the Haunted Nags Head Inn. It is believed that three ghosts haunt this place, and it is these three ghosts, all who died by suicide, in the same room on the third floor. Passerbyers have seen their ghostly apparitions looking out their third floor window. But why this pub? Why that room? Well, it is believed that they all met their tragic fates all because of a mysterious picture of a prophet painted on the inside of a cupboard door. It is rumored that anyone who looks upon this cursed painting kills themselves. The first victim is that of a coachman. He reportedly was starting a new job the next day and was in good spirits as he retired for the night. But alas, his body was found hanging from the rafters after spending the night in this room. The second victim was a young bride. While staying there alone with the painting in the cupboard, she threw herself out the window and landed on the pavement below. Sadly, she did not survive and died that night, the very night of her wedding. The third victim was that of a World War I soldier who was on his way home. Again, sometime during the night, he took his own pistol and killed himself. As for that cursed painting, yes, it is still there. And it is said that while it does have the power to drive someone to commit suicide, it also has the power to drive someone insane. Today, however, I believe the room that the painting is in is now being used as storage. Besides these sad apparitions and their untimely fates, other paranormal activity that has transpired in this pub is furniture being moved about by unseen forces. The jukebox will get turned on in the middle of the night, again, by unseen forces. And there are reportedly strange sounds coming from the cellar. Lots of cellar problems, I guess, 
in England. <laughs> now, obviously, after a lovely day in the lovely Shrewsbury, and after an awesome meal, you're going to need a ghastly place to stay. So let's talk about the Lion's Head Hotel. As previously mentioned, Charles Dickens himself has stayed there. Located on Wild Cop, this former coach inn is gorgeous and haunted. Here at this hotel is the Grey Lady, dressed in grey, which is why she obviously has the moniker Grey Lady. Her ghostly apparition is often seen standing at the bottom of the staircase outside the Adam Ballroom. Some have theorized that she is actually waiting for her man to propose, except he never came. And when she is done waiting, she will then walk through an old archway and disappear halfway across the road. Other phantoms in other parts of the hotel are there's an, apparently an English Civil War soldier that likes to frequent the bar area. And you guessed it, down in their cellar, which is where once was a chapel, a female ghost has taken up residence there and gives anyone who dares to trespass her personal space the uncomfortable heebie-jeebies. Aside from these ghostly visitors, people have also reported the feeling of being watched, particularly in the ballroom. People have reported the sounds of footsteps on the staircase that are otherwise unoccupied, and doorknobs that get rattled when nobody is on the other side of the door. But the lion's head is actually not considered Shrewsbury's most haunted hotel. No, that claim to fame goes to the Prince Rupert Hotel on Butcher Row. Dating back to the year 1150, this charming four-star hotel was once home to Prince Rupert, the son of the King of Bohemia and the grandson of James I. But to be honest... It's kind of unclear whether or not the, that Prince Rupert actually stayed there. But either way, let's talk about the ghosts haunting this nearly 1,000-year-old hotel. So when they were filming the 1984 Christmas Carol, many of the cast and crew actually stayed here. And it is said that the director of the photography for the movie actually happened upon a ghostly man wearing a nightshirt in the hallway. You know, like the night skirt Scrooge himself wore in the movie? Well, this guy, you know, happens upon his own ghostly apparition, and the apparition actually ends up vanishing right in front of him. Another ghost reportedly seeing is that of a sleeping soldier in midair at the entrance of the hotel's restaurant. As for rooms, if you are looking to stay at a haunted room, you should request either Prince Rupert's room or room 7. In room 7, a young man committed suicide and his fiance ran off with his friend. And apparently, he's still there. As for Prince Rupert's room, someone likes to sit on the bed, someone unseen that is, making a deep and serious impression on the mattress. And it is said that a former maid uh, when the building was a private residence, hung herself from the ceiling beams when her boyfriend lover left her. Um, but actually, some accounts say it's a jilted bride who hung herself. Either way, 
People have known to wake up in the middle of the night or walk into this room and there would be a hanging corpse apparition of this unfortunate woman. Now, other ghostly activity aside from these rooms, people have experienced ghostly apparitions removing their pillows when no one else is in the room, shadow figures just walking through the hotel walls, and there's even a cleaning lady named Martha who will manifest herself with a bucket and a mop as if she is getting ready to clean. Now, Shrewsbury is actually considered to be England's one of England's most haunted towns. With all of my research, I actually think they might be right. I haven't even touched on the haunted castle or the haunted train station or the haunted prison that has been investigated not only by private ghost investigators, but television shows have gone through and investigated and have had an immense amount of paranormal activity happen to them on their investigations at the prison. So obviously Shrewsbury is a place that I'm going to have to come back to. But for tonight, tonight being December 17th, I obviously wanted to stick with the theme of Christmas and ghosts and touch a little bit about this wonderful story, a, a, a Christmas carol. Back in Dickens' day, Christmas was actually considered a lesser holiday. I, I know that's hard to believe, hard to phantom here in 2020, but it's true. It wasn't really considered the major holiday that it is now. And Dickens himself actually knew firsthand about the plight of the poor and the underprivileged because at age 12, Dickens' own father gets tossed into the Marshall Sea Prison, which is a a debtor's prison in Southwark, London, in 1824. So, unfortunately for Dickens, he's forced upon his book collection, he has to leave his school, and he's actually forced to work in a dirty, rat-infested, shoe-blacking factory to pay off his father's debt and to get him out of prison. And, you know, obviously having this traumatic event happen to him, being forced to work in such vile conditions and, you know, having to experience what poverty actually feels like, really did plant the seed of a deeply personal and social outrage for the plight of the poor and the struggling. So I think, you know, with the Christmas Carol, Dickens actually gets it. Things are hard, life is hard. People work hard and just once, just one time a year, we really should reach out to those, especially now at this time of year, to give a helping hand. And believe it or not, in 1843, people understood this because right after the release of this book, right after people actually read it, charities of that time era reported an increase of donations immediately after, again, the release of this book. So his this story had a great impact immediately and you know taught people to remember others especially those in need this time of year so tonight we actually have one week before santa's big ride where the spirits of christmas come to visit another ebenezer scrooge you know is it me is it you i don't know the spirit of christmas is always getting harder every year but uh, definitely 2020 has been a bit rough. But for the next week, 
as we go about fighting Christmas shopping or traffic or trying our best to find the perfect gift online, if you have that moment, that one moment to give the spirit of Christmas, to share that spirit of Christmas with somebody, anyone, I ask that you take it. Because I truly believe that Jacob Marley was right when he spoke those immortal words that he muttered to the rather dubious Scrooge. Mankind was and still is my business. Thank you.